0: It's 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 like every moment in time is all of these threads coming together into that exact moment and then spinning back off again and the more that you know and you, and you're thinking about the sources of all of those things i think is a big part of acting responsibly as a magician speak the charm of may charm of may charm of may charm
1: there will come a time on the planet earth when science and technology will be long forgotten Wizards will Wizards Wizards will this is the Arnomancy Podcast featuring Reverend Eric. Join me on an exploration of the practice, philosophy, and history of the occult, esotericism, and the paranormal. In this episode, I am joined by magician, software engineer, and tinkerer, Trey Henry. But first, I need to announce my new class, Tarot and the Art of Memory. The minor arcana learn to use the art of memory to memorize the minor arcana including the court cards this method adapts quickly and easily to any standard tarot deck marseille thoth or rider waite smith it utilizes the powerful seals of giordano bruno this class will be held on sunday april 25th 2021 for more details see the link in the show notes or visit arnamancy.com and now on with the show Welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Trey Henry. Uh, He's a magician, software engineer, and tinkerer who has worked in the tech industry for over 20 years. He is now bringing all of that nerd power to bear by creating digital tools for magicians. Two that you may have heard of are the astrology software, Urania, and the online geomantic tool, GeoRatio. Trey, welcome to the Arnomancy podcast.
0: Thank you so much. I am very honored to be on the podcast. As I was saying before, you had T. Susan Chang on this podcast. So the fact that you want to talk to me is amazing.
1: <laughs> she's <laughs> well, like my hero. <laughs> yeah, she's one of my heroes too. I, but we don't want to fluffer her ego up too much. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of experience in the software industry. Like you've been doing doing software engineering and like management and databases and programming and all sorts of crap for like over two decades. That is true. In fact, your beard is as gray as mine though. Much shorter, so you're not an Emacs user, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm Vim all the way. All right, uh, well, we we okay. No, we won't fight. We won't fight. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty easy to go online and find your CV and uh, read about your uh, impressive software background and your um, technology background. But what about uh, magician stuff? Like, how long have you been doing ceremonial magic, and what got you into it? Like, when did you get bitten by the weird nerd snake?
0: My life path uh, through this has been um windy. So I'm a my son is in Pisces. Uh and you know the two fish of my Pisces sign are basically magic and tech. Uh, and I've been sort of in one of those in some context uh you know throughout my life. Although on occasion one has been put on the shelf in, in favor of the other. Uh, so early uh you know in my uh, sort of late teens, early twenties, uh I was um practicing with a Uh, Gardnerian uh, Wiccan uh, coven in Reno, Nevada, which is where I grew up. And then uh, I moved to uh, New Orleans to study with the religious order of witchcraft, which at that point in time was one of the first state uh, recognized um, religious organizations that actually practiced witchcraft. It was founded by Mary Anita Toops, who's amazing. Um, Unfortunately, she had already passed on by the time I had uh, started practicing with them. And this was very much during the sort of heyday of the intersection of New Age and uh, Wicca and and all of that stuff. And uh, so I was I was very in in the weeds uh, with that. Uh, and then sort of in my right around uh, 21 22, I got my first tech job, and then realized that people would pay me for the stuff I was already doing anyway uh, for fun, and that sort of launched my career. And for a long time, magic kind of took a backseat. Uh, I went very much down the reductionist materialist rabbit hole um, and uh, you know, did the whole uh, corporate uh, tech thing for quite a while. Uh, and then um, magic sort of jumped back into my life, grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and shook me and was like, hey, remember this? Oh
1: shit, yes. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so I had one of those moments and then I was like, oh, okay. So uh, since basically around my mid thirties, Um, I sort of got back into it and then started really trying to figure out how to merge these two, how to get both of these fish sort of swimming in the same river. Uh, And so this is where a lot of the um, work around, you know, trying to find uh, the intersection of the stuff that i do in tech and the stuff that i love in magic
1: yeah you know i um i've gone through i think a little bit of that uh struggle and process myself like trying to find ways that that those two things can work together like i feel a little inspired by looking at the works of you know like alchemists and renaissance magicians who were kind of like struggling to find how advances in technology and magic would sort of work together and um they kind of in a way sort of failed when the enlightenment really kicked into full gear and you know, sort of like rational thought and materialism did sort of like start to show a lot of improvements. I mean, once I think once uh, scientists discovered electricity, and it was it was kind of <laughs> over. <laughs> um, yeah. And 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 we can see how you know even early scientific thinkers and their their sort of uh, magical other sides were sort of buried by historians. You know, like Newton and. Um,
0: yeah, all these all of these folks they were all completely, you know, one foot in the realm of of magic and and the and the mystical and the divine mm-hmm. and the numinous and one foot in like what is all of this crazy stuff that's happening around us and how can I wrap my rational mind around it. And really they're not they're not really separate things. Like no, they really the aren't. separation of those things is entirely an illusion. And that you, you know the idea that uh you know there's the whatever the Arthur C Clarke like any sufficiently complex technology looks like magic. Uh, you know, it's it's yeah. like the, the, it, it is what you, like, you could pick up this handheld device and talk to somebody on the other side of the planet. That's that's freaking magic.
1: That is magic. It's the same that thing. That is magic. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like most of the time, you know, a lot of, like, really hardcore ceremonial magicians, they spend all of their time trying to, like, replicate this old-ass technology. You know, they want the right kind of candles, candles made with the right kind of beeswax and they want, like, lion skin belts and things traced on leather and all this stuff and I'm like you guys we have magic markers now there's magic (laughs) in the name (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but like LED candles I I mean I I sort of fully embrace this stuff I, I 3D print stuff for my altar I you know I mean cool yeah, it's yeah. it's fun and it's sort of and like I uh, I've made my own uh, LED candles out of like Arduinos and things and you know so Yeah,
0: I saw that I saw that you have a library up uh, that's a calculator for the planetary hours. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I'm running have, on Arduino. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I actually have that uh, hooked hooked up to my altar. Oh, that's I have, so cool. I have a a little uh, like sonar thing and when I wave my hand in a specific spot over the altar it lights up in the current planetary hours and day colors. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you got so you started working on some pretty interesting applications. So so GeoRatio is currently available and anybody can use it and it's uh it's pretty awesome. Like it's um Thank you. a beautiful user interface for geomancy.
0: Yeah. Sam Block, by the way, gets a, a lot of credit for um, reining me in on that one a lot. Uh, he, he provided some uh, really good feedback on things, and uh, you know, he's got a credit on there. I think it would it would definitely not be what it is without his uh, help and input.
1: So I mean, I've had him on shadow. my podcast Thanks, too. Sam. But yeah, actually, <laughs> Sam's an interesting guy. He's another ginormous brain. Um, yes. I have never really sat down to talk tech with him. <laughs> like we are you know, there's there's so much, uh, you know, that we usually talk about hermeticism or or PGM stuff, and there's just so much to get through. We never get around to talking about like, hey Sam, how do you use computers in your practice? Uh, so I don't even know yeah. if he does, except maybe your Georatio tool. But it's kind of neat, yeah. uh, you know. One of the things that is tedious about geomancy is uh, the recalculation of all of the bits. You know, figure, you know, remembering which rows go to which other column and which things get connected and anded or ored together and all that kind of stuff. Um, And it's really funny how geomancy sort of presages binary computers or binary math being so important. Um, Yeah. And I think like any uh, software engineer who sort of looks at a geomantic figure or even a whole geomantic chart and realizes that you can store the whole thing in like four bytes. Yep. Or less. It's two bytes, isn't it? Yeah. You only no, need no, no, it's four. Yeah, four? It's, well,
0: it, yeah, it's four hex characters. Um, right, and that's right. that's actually what I, yeah, that's actually what I do for the, uh, if you look at the permalink um, that Gioratio creates, mm-hmm. um, it'll, the first, the first value that's in there is the, is the four hex characters that represent the four mothers of that chart.
1: Yeah, that, and that's just crazy. It's such a, it's such a tiny, tiny amount of information. And uh and but it know, explodes in complexity explodes once in it, complexity, and there's yeah. there's
0: so much that you can tease out of it. And I think that's just a really good model for creation, like how reality works, right? It's like a moment of complexity, and then that moment of complexity spirals out into oh, everything. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Ultimate like infinite combinations almost. Yeah. So like one of the nice things about Georatio though is the the user interface is extremely elegant. Like you can just sort of go in and click your th- four figures in. The four mothers in and and it just does all the calculations for you and it's instant so you can kind of like watch how a reading changes based on how different how the mothers shift so you definitely have training and user experience or lots of experience with user experience design i would guess
0: yeah yeah that's that's kind of um that's my that's my background um uh for the most part Uh, i mean my background is primarily in engineering, but mm-hmm. I've worked mostly uh, on UX teams, and I've had the great privilege of working with absolutely amazing user experience designers um, and managing teams of designers and developers um, that you know have have uh, I I am not necessarily the best designer, um, but I have learned along the way what good UX looks like and what good UX feels like, and I've learned how to uh, simplify things to the point where it's like okay, I know that. This very simple set of stuff, I can provide some good experience around And If I don't go too far down, you know, the rabbit holes with all the bells and whistles and whatnot, then I won't, you know, uh, get myself uh, uh, wrapped into a corner. Although I will say that uh, Urania has, uh, has has been an ongoing challenge on the UX side.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, sure we could- the the little screenshot samples on the website look beautiful, but I have never seen the. Software in yeah. person. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's coming.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, astrology is probably the most mathematically complex thing that any magician is going to get involved in, right? Like it's you know radial geometry and angles and things moving and you know trying to trying to calculate like the speeds of planets and like all the stuff. Like people who do astrological magic. I mean, I think a lot of them just sort of guess. You know, they they get their (laughs) astrology app open and they're like, oh, everything looks crappy here. Let's try an hour this way or two hours that way or a week this way or that way or something. Um, And so finding elections is a huge pain in the ass. I I find it a little... I mean, I guess I find it frustrating. I find it frustrating that somebody hasn't already written software to do this for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's just so, you know, I mean, even like the the first uh, astrological charts that I... Drew up, you know, probably like way back in the early 2000s. Uh, I did by hand on like things, photocopied out of a book, and using an ephemeris. And I was delighted yep. when I found out that there was software for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is exactly how Urania came into being. By the way, uh, was uh, I had been I had been very resistant to astrology for a very long time throughout my practice. I don't know what I don't know what it was, but there was just a really big mental block against it. Uh, for for no good reason. Uh, and so, you know, it was always this kind of like, all right, I, I know I need to learn this down the road, but uh, you know, I just never really dove into it. And then uh, finally a, a good friend of mine who is an astrologer um, uh, g- pushed me enough and was like, you know, just just like go and like cast a chart yourself. Like just get a noon Ephemeris or a Ephemeris and like do the very basic Time, delta, math, you can figure all this stuff out and just cast a chart yourself. So you can start sort of uh, because I'm very much the kind of person who would start in the weeds like that and then be able to understand, you know, uh, uh, sprout out from that into an understanding of astrology. So I started there and I cast my own chart and I was like, this is not that hard. <laughs> this is not that hard. I could do this. And, then, and so then I was like, well, you know, maybe let's, it would be interesting to see if. Using because the math here is you know using an an ephemeris and doing the very simple time delta math is is something that a computer can do very very fast and so I was like I wonder if I could uh, cast a chart at 60 frames per second like in real time basically Um, just using like you know a standard midnight ephemeris and so uh, I just spent a weekend and basically hacked together this project Um, there's some screenshots of it up on the website and uh, and that was basically where it started and I was like holy crap this is this is fantastic, like this is really great. Like you could just put in a date and then pull a slider to the left or the right. And, you know, it moves in real time as the planets actually move. Uh, and then that was kind of like the seed concept for it. And I was like, all right, there's something here. Uh, and then it is, you know, grown and grown and grown since then. And of course it, it you know, became this, it has now become this like mammoth project, which is why it hasn't released yet. And I'm working very hard to get it, you know, to to uh, a reasonable feature parity. Uh, with you know other astrology software that's on the market, so that um, when it is available, you know um, uh, astrologers would be able to pick it up and use it and find the features that they would expect to find there. But then also on top of it, have this interaction model which allows you to um, interactively. Um, uh, uh, uh move through a chart and uh you know hopefully make it easier to find elections and things like that and also you know coming back to Giorgio as well this this was kind of the thing that i was going for there as well is the reason it's reactive like that where you know anytime you change one of the lines in the mother one of the mothers it recalculates the whole chart in real time the idea there was that you know not because it's not you know ge- Geo once you spend a little bit of time with it you know casting the charts and um and doing the solving yourself it's not that not that uh, tough. And that's definitely where you wanna start, by the way. Don't start with Ratio. Right. Like if you're gonna learn geomancy, learn how to do it by hand.
1: Yeah, draw uh, dots on a piece of paper and...
0: <laughs> exactly, you start there. Um, mm. But it's but the what one of the things that I wanted to do was, okay, now that I have this chart, um, if I want to work with that chart magically, so I want to say, you know, like if, if the outcome of this chart is not what I want for <laughs> the uh, specific thing that I've done the reading for, um, then can you sort of reverse that um, mode of operating with the chart and say like, okay, if I change you know, this line and this mother, what happens to this chart? Uh, and, then, and then you can create magical acts to like, okay, if I need to move fire from inactive to active in this context, like, and that modifies the chart in this way, can I use that as sort of a, an interface into, um, into making a magical act here?
1: That is brilliant. I mean, that, that's a really, that's not really... my idea.
0: That's not my idea.
1: Well, whoever, whoever came up with that idea, it's, it's a brilliant idea, but the, but, um, like the using geo radio for that is amazing because it allows you to totally like tinker easily. You can, yeah. You can play with it Yeah, kind of yeah. see what, what happens if I do this? What that's, happens if I do this? That sounds cool. I'll have to play with that. I've, I've actually, I mean, I, I don't know, um, if it's okay, if it's accurate to call geomancy as. uh popular but it does seem to be um kind of like picking up a lot of people again
0: yeah i would say it's experiencing a revival
1: yeah um so i've been thinking of getting into it i i learned it uh ages ago kind of about the same time i did my first astrology uh chart in fact i think i know where the first i think the first geometric charts that i cast are on some yellow notebook paper in my first astrology book (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, But so I've been, I have been thinking about picking it up again and, and seeing your tools was, was, was kind of uh, inspiring. That'll, that'll, that's uh, an interesting practice. Um, So, and with Urania, like with the astrology software, like one of my dream features would be a query language where I could be like, find a time within the next six months when, you know, Jupiter is trying the moon and the moon has no aspects to malefics. Like, I would love yes. to just have some sort of query language to type that in and the software would be like, how about, you know, June 6th or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there is, I mean, there is software that exists that that kind of does this, um, mostly not well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's, And it's very sort of cumbersome to use um but you can you know sort of get these like charts uh um out of some software where it's like you know okay based on you know these um uh based on these you know uh specific um attributes or relationships or you know uh this being fast or this being slow or this being in you know uh uh, whatever like you you can get kind of like These are based on your criteria, you know, here's the times when this, this happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're, like I said, they're not very good. They're very cumbersome to use. Uh, you know, one of the, the initial version of Urania is, um, is primarily around, uh, trying to get this interaction model of, of. Uh, you know, being able to sort of fluidly move in real time through the uh, you know through time and see and see the chart mm-hmm. uh, interacting. but the 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 goal here is so I'm working on getting the aspectarian in. And once the aspectarian is in, then it will be released to the public. That is happening this year. I don't, I don't know exactly when this year, because uh, I thought it was going to happen last year. And it's 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 a lot of work. I, I do this in in my free time uh, as a labor of love. Yeah, and last um, year but, in
1: general, last year was a lot of work.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but so so the but the 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 idea there eventually is to is to using that same uh interaction model to say so like if you imagine an aspectarian and then within that aspectarian you could say you know i want you know i want um this uh you know trying this in which you could mark out in the aspectarian so the aspectarian is interactive and then you say you know and, and not you know this square this um and then have those have that be sort of a template that uh lights up or gives you an indication as you're moving through time that, Hey, these things, because the thing is, is that you're never a lot of times with finding elections, you're, you're going to make some sacrifices. Like it's not going to be like everything always that you want. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or, and you might, and, and you know, the art of it, I think is, is, um, getting as much of the stuff that you want out of it as you can while minimizing the stuff that you don't want. Uh, and so by basically being able to kind of, uh, Interact with it in a way that you can say, like, okay, this is kind of, this is generally what I'm looking for, and then being able to move through time to get get close to that, then you can start to make the decisions of, like, okay, well, I got this, but I didn't get this, and if you have like a really nice visual, interactive way of doing that, um, then then I that then I've succeeded in what I want to do with Urania, where you know, a ways away from that. But that's kind of like the, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the vision. That's the long-term goal there.
1: So in getting into Irania, Ar- so it currently uses a Swiss ephemeris? It batteries? does,
0: yeah, I, you, when you were talking about all of the complicated math, I was gonna say, yeah, but I'm not doing any of that math. Yeah, well.
1: <laughs> not anymore. Right, <laughs> thank you Swiss yeah. ephemeris.
0: Um, <laughs> thank you Swiss ephemeris.
1: What do you think yeah. have been, so uh, So, there are a lot of existing pieces of astrology software out there. Yeah. Um. So, in working on this, what do you think have been sort of like the major uh, challenges or major like um, sticking points? Like, where where are you running into uh, the most frustration?
0: The the actually um, the Swiss ephemeris actually unblocked the the most frustration that I was having, which is actually okay. why I ended up yeah, that's why I ended up using because uh, when when you start getting into houses and uh-huh. house calculations and the ascendant and the midhaven. That's when that's when things become a lot more complicated. You can't just um uh, it is it is possible to do that from an ephemeris uh, but it is uh, I would the amount of data that would have to be pulled into the application to make that happen just doesn't even make sense. It's much easier uh, to just have it calculate uh, that and uh, and then and then yeah, then now you're going into the weeds in a bunch of math and I was like hi man, I really don't want to reinvent the wheel here. but when I was when I was you know first experimenting with your I told you that like, could I tr- cast a chart? In real time at 60 frames per second. Um, and that was, that was like my, that was my, um, uh, for a long time, that was my minimum bar for Urania. It was like, it's got to be like, you know, 22 milliseconds lag or less. Like, I, it has to be 60 frames per second or, or nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, once I got, once I sort of got into the houses and doing the house implementation, I was like, oh my God, this is, oh, this is turning into quite, quite the to do. And then, um, uh, and then, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me just see if I can pull in the Swiss ephemeris. And I, I was going to do this hybrid model, what I was calling the hybrid model, which is that I would use uh, the calculator methods that I was doing before, which are super, super fast to, to calculate the chart in real time in an interactive mode. And then as soon as you were no longer interacting with it, you were just looking at the chart, then it would, you know, take the few extra milliseconds to um, pull in the rest of the details. So pull in the houses, pull in you know all of the rest of the stuff. Uh, but then what I realized as I once once I got the implementation in place for actually using the Swiss Ephemeris, then I was like, okay, well it's still actually really fast, and I'm getting about 30 frames per second from the from the Swiss <laughs> Ephemeris. So I was like, you know what? Nobody's nobody's even close to like every other astrology software that I've experienced is you know it's the the frames per second is how quickly you can click a button or how quickly you can put in a date, right? It's it's a There's a human interaction gate to how fast the chart can be rendered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, 30 frames per second versus 60 frames per second, I think is gonna matter to nobody but me. Um, so I, I was just like, screw it. Like, it just makes it easier from the, Implementation perspective to just use the Swiss Ephemeris for everything, right? Uh, and so then I just basically I threw away all of the all of the original code for doing uh, the rendering, uh, the chart rendering, and uh, and pulled in the Swiss Ephemeris, and now the Swiss Ephemeris handles everything.
1: What language are you writing it in?
0: Do I have to answer that question? We already talked about how much you hate JavaScript. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is the whole thing in JavaScript? <laughs> <laughs> no, just the front end. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. Yeah. What about the back end though? What what are you what are you using?
0: I mean, the back end is primarily the Swiss Ephemeris now. So it's yeah, oh, and yeah. which is all C. That's all just straight up basic C. It's really great, actually. Wow. Uh it's it's very, very easy to compile. Mm-hmm. Um, it has very few dependencies. The code itself, I, hopefully this you know, the Swiss Ephemeris, but hopefully the astro.com folks are not listening to the podcast, but the code is like it's it's not maybe it's you know, um there's room for improvement, let's say, uh, but it's it's plenty fast um, and it's very very easy to compile into almost anything. So, uh, you know, if you wanted to pull it into a, like if you were working on a mobile um, astrology app or something like that, and you wanted to pull it into your Xcode project or something, it would be super easy to do.
1: Are you going to be open sourcing it, or is it going to be
0: Urania? no so my my plan right now and i guess this is going to be canon now because i'm i'm on your podcast so. <laughs> my plan. podcast uh, is law <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'm sure i'll be held to it so um the, the the goal right now is to get the aspectarian in um there's some a little bit of cleanup work that needs to be done around the settings and stuff like that um just some minor things and then um, release it for free on urania.app so it'll be you can download it and install it i want to to make it as available to everybody as possible. Um, now, in the future, um, uh, t- you know, I, I I've thought about doing something along the lines of like including uh, more um, uh, fixed bodies, fixed stars, um, you know, more um, uh, calculation methods uh, for houses, you know, things like that. Um, it also has a theming system built into it. One of one of my initial ideas was that uh, you know when you when you look at like um, uh, like Sphere and Sundry's uh, um, amazing site with, you know, all, all these amazing products and, you know, they're astrologically elected for Austin Copic, you know, mm-hmm. works. and then, you know, it's like a screenshot of astro.com. On
1: there. Oh it's yeah, like yeah, this, yeah.
0: You know, just this <laughs> eyesore of a chart, you know, so it's always like, well, I'll put theming into this, you know, so that, um, you know, you could, if you, if you want to use it for that kind of thing, you know, you could theme it for uh, your, um, you know, for, for, what the context in which you're using it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so I might I might do like a upsell kind of thing for these extra features at some point in time. Um, so it would be like the base version is always available for free, but then you know you might pay for uh, if you want to help support the project. Um, you could pay for some extra features or something along those lines. I haven't figured out the business model for you yet, but
1: I do have a I do have a feature request for you. Can can <laughs> you? <laughs> I want to be able to easily calculate the prenatal syzygy.
0: I don't even know what that is. So, so. <laughs> basically
1: you have a chart and whatever the the full or new moon right before the chart I want to know where that happened. That's the the prenatal syzygy. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't What is this used for? What, what? Um it's used in uh, Agrippa when Agrippa calculates the name of a chart's demon, a chart's spirit. <sighs> you okay. need you need the prenatal syzygy and and currently it's like three steps you know i have to go on to like the moon finder and get the exact time that the moon was full or new right before the chart and then you have to go back and cast a chart for that exact time and then you get the location of the moon
0: did you bring me onto this uh, podcast so that you could uh, extract a feature request out of me yeah i have <laughs> you know another so. one <laughs> <laughs> No, that sounds great. I, I mean I, I feel like I've already given you... That doesn't you, sound too tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's it's not tough. It's just um it's just a pain to do right now. Like the number of steps I the number of hoops you have to jump through, you know, yeah. sort of like go back and then find yeah. Um but yeah, like and also, you know, I'm a big Linux user. I've been using Linux for a zillion years and like the only reliable uh, astrology software for Linux is astrolog. And you want to talk about your yeah, charts. Yeah,
0: or <laughs> you use something through wine.
1: Yeah. yeah, I guess I could do that, but I think you, uh, usually I just use uh, AstroDocs on my phone, and like, yeah, if I need a chart screenshot, I take a screenshot on my phone and transfer it over, uh, which is yeah. fine. But I would love to have something native.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's and that that was also one of the big one of the big things uh, um, in the the impetus behind the project was just to have something that you know is just built on a modern stack that installs on everything. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that like you know, we're still using this like ancient, you know, Windows software that's like hundreds of dollars for, you know, something that looks like Windows Um, (laughs) 3.1. You know, it just, yeah. So I I actually develop it primarily in Linux. So um, it runs runs great. It runs great.
1: I I mean, I can't wait to see it. I'm totally gonna twist your arm until I end up on the beta program.
0: <laughs> well, I did the I did the one beta. Unfortunately, I didn't. I yeah, there was there was a beta, um, uh, and and uh, you know I got a bunch of beta feedback. The beta testers were all fantastic, um, and uh, and then that really fed like the next round of things. But I'm probably not going to do another beta test. I think I think the next beta test is going to be the live test, and I'm just going to yeah get it out into people's hands and then uh, you know make sure that I, we've got a good way of uh, collecting um, feedback from folks and getting because I'm sure there's also probably mm-hmm. tons of bugs in there as well. So.
1: I feel like uh, if there are no bugs, it's not really software.
0: Yeah, there's no such thing as bug-free software.
1: Oh, also, I just realized this. Uh, happy Pi Day! Ah, what? It's Pi yes. Day. It is Pi Day. I think it's even still <laughs> Pi Day where you are. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I just, I was just, I had the date written down on my notes. I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> yes. Cool. It's, Good it's choice a very auspicious for, day. Yeah. Uh, did, 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 I, I'm surprised you didn't pick it on purpose. As so, a so. Recording day, <laughs> so I feel like pi is uh, one of those numbers that both magicians and software engineers can celebrate uh, with glee equally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, 100%. I'm I'm gonna wax a little nerdy here. You know, um, it just makes me think of uh, the fact that like uh, mathematicians and magicians sort of have like these early characters that they hold that they both hold in reverence. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Pythagoras probably being the best. yeah he's his uh some of the work that he did with geometry you know is still used and uh and also he was like you know a proponent of the mysteries and claimed by every secret society as an ancient member or founder or whatever (laughs)
0: yep yeah yeah totally yeah um there's a so (laughs) a project that i did uh um I'm. I'm not encouraging anybody to actually go and look at this thing because it is <laughs> it is inscrutable to anybody but me. Uh, but uh, I have a a, a um, an oracle deck that I did um, called the Golden Oracle, uh, and the the idea behind it was uh, I, I had this idea initially for doing a using a a, a, a very basic binary tree as a, a metaphor for creation. Um, so having uh, you know uh, you know sort of the a single uh, starting node um, and then you know two nodes that uh, spring out from that where you have this kind of first moment of complexity and then all of the complexity that comes out of there and then you have you know you've got the one the two the four and then at the four you've got the four elements um, you know and the two you've got polarity and the eight you know like and so you can kind of um, uh, use this as kind of, and so I that that was like the initial idea that I had, and then when I started working with that, it felt a little too neat, like a little too, I don't know. It was just it didn't uh, it didn't have that. It didn't feel natural, I guess. Uh, and so I kind of went back to the drawing board and um, decided to use the uh, the Fibonacci sequence instead mm-hmm. uh, um, as the model. And so uh, so what I did was I played the Fibonacci sequence as a sort of creation myth, I guess. Uh, so it's starting with the sequence of 0 and 1. Um, so 0 being kind of like the all and everything, uh, and then 1 being uh, the the moment of creation
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, when something is separated from nothing. Um, and then interestingly, in the Fibonacci sequence, then you have the next 1, uh, because 0 plus 1 equals 1, uh, and then uh, in, in that this this is like the the inhale after the exhale. It's the the rest or the reflection. Oh, okay. Um, and then and then you have two, which is the moment of polarity, which I call um, the anode and the cathode, um, and uh, you know sort of that uh, everything that can fall into um, sort of that that duality uh, kind of characterization. And then from there, then you have um, five, which is the uh, or sorry, then you have three. Um, which is the uh, uh, um, which is uh, a pyramid um, uh, sort of shape, and then you have the five, which is the pentagram, mm-hmm. and then and so kind of following that out, uh, and and it is um, you know for me it's it it it's a it's used frequently in my practice, and it's it's actually like there's a lot of really interesting depth in there, and the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio, of course, is like throughout magic. like the pentagram, each segment in a pentagram is represents the golden ratio mm-hmm. um, to each other segment. Uh, and it's just it's found in so many things, and it's so it's so intrinsic. Um, that there's, yeah, there's really something there. But like I said, that, that may, that may make it sound kind of interesting, but don't go, don't, don't well, go and look actually, at this thing because it's, it's a mess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just your description alone, I think, is, is a great place for people to begin exploring because, um, and I think that, you know, finding those sorts of cool intersections between mathematics and magical practice are incredibly valuable. Um, yeah. And looking at, looking at stuff like the golden ratio is great. Looking at stuff like, um, the math of musical notes and how music sort of fits into a practice, or that that stuff is all just so valuable, and um, it really outlines sort of the the concept that the the foundational language of creation is um, it
0: sings through all of these things. Yeah, like it's, and it's, it's there underneath it.
1: Yeah, and it's essential to uh, magical practice. You know, uh, a lot yep. of us use it without thinking about it. So why not like dig in and try to find stuff out. Just don't go like John D nuts
0: <laughs> <laughs> or do. I or mean, d- or yeah, do. who knows? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Like that. I have, uh, I have a, yeah. Yeah. Like there's that, who's that, that Brazilian kid who went, who became like obsessed with Giordano Bruno. And like, <laughs> I can't remember what the details are, but it's something like he wrote Giordano Bruno quotes all over his walls and then mysteriously vanished or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Yeah. That's cool. So, um, so you, you, and you use that in your everyday practice, that sort of concept. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do. So I use it, I use it both, uh, as a divination tool and also as a, um, as a, uh, I guess more like a talismanic, um, uh, kind of tool as well.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Um, what, so, uh, how much do you integrate like other pieces of technology into your practice like i can't remember i don't think we were recording when i brought up led candles earlier but have you ever used an led candle in your (laughs) magic stuff
0: uh no no not led candles um but (laughs) yeah but i mean it's you know i don't i don't really I, i try not to um uh you know wall things off or paint thick lines between um, you know like I, I use you know apps on my phone um you know i will, i will use you know uh um you know i have plenty of tarot decks as well uh, that i use so i i i could you know move between analog and digital um as much as makes sense or as is needed mm-hmm. um and i try not to you know i try not to like um i i it's i have a lot of respect for um you know the people that you know do you know have the lions skin belt and the um you know and and are really into um you know uh the grimoire traditions and really uh, uh adhering as much as they can to um the original material i have absolutely the utmost respect for that um but for for me and what i do in my practice like you know Technology is as much a part of my life as magic is. I've done both for as long. Um, you know, there's pictures of me at 12 running a bulletin board system off a of Commodore 64, um, and you know, and that was you know not long after that was when I got my first Teradex. So you know, like it's it it those both of those things are so intrinsically a part of who I am. I don't think I, it 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 would make no sense to me for me to be who I am and to want to do the things that I want to do mm-hmm. if there wasn't you know. Uh, uh, I don't want to say a reason for it, but like, a, if there, if if that wasn't part of my experience, you know. Yeah. I try. I try not to separate them.
1: Do you uh, remember your FidoNet node number?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, recently, recently, my husband actually uh, remembered his ICQ number.
1: Holy shit! And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, but he's got a brain like a steel trap, so not uh, not at all
1: like mine. God, I mean. <laughs> I do remember uh, my ICQ number being like it, there was a digit rollover at some point, or mm-hmm. they they added another digit.
0: Se- right? Several, several, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There was like I remember there was one point in time where like if you had like I think it was like six digits or five digits or something, you were like old old school ICQ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, God, yeah, I, I mean, for me too, you know, um, back when I was a teenager, I also was running a PBS <laughs> But yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, I had a mine was on an eighty eighty eight, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's probably
0: like a TBBS or something.
1: Uh, I ran um, shit. I don't remember the. I don't remember the first software I ran. Eventually, I got a three eighty six, and then I was running uh, Front Door or something. Ah, like okay, that. yeah, yeah. Remote access. That's what it was. Remote access. It was a okay. That was a great PBS software. Um, yeah, there was a ton of them. But uh, but there was a there was a. What do you, uh, What did? What do they call those networks? Like FidoNet, they are mm-hmm. packet networks, or sh- there was some there was some term for them, and I can't remember what it is now because it was like <laughs> thirty <either>. years ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but I was running, um, or I was part of uh, PodsNet, the Pagan Cult distribution system. Oh, which, I didn't even. I yeah, heard it, of this. it ran it ran FidoNet style software, and it was just a bunch of um, you know forums and. Or I guess they called them echoes. It was a bunch of echoes about yeah. uh, different pagan and occult topics, and it was cool. great. Like I loved it. I met lots of really interesting people that way. Uh, but of course, I was a kid. It, it, it was basically like our, the generation before us. You know, yeah. It's everybody who's maybe yeah. like ten years older than us and also loves computers and occult shit. And they yeah. were all on Podsnet. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, like the intersection is sort of crazy because I know for a long time, I never really tried to find the intersection, but, uh, one of the fields that I went into is, um, information security and, Mm -hmm. um, and secrets, like the technology of keeping secrets, like the math of secrecy, uh, has a lot of overlap with like Renaissance magicians and early mystics and Jewish mysticism, uh islamic mysticism like all of this stuff was uh, they were using cryptography and developing cryptanal cryptanalysis i hate saying that word out loud um <laughs> uh, but they were but all of that stuff was being you know developed by magicians and mystics and yeah. mathematicians and they were all the same thing
0: <laughs> yeah yep yep they were all inhabiting the same body at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. so it's
1: it's uh, it makes me feel good to find other uh, hardcore computer nerds who are doing this
0: yeah, there's a lot of us actually. I I, I was really surprised too. Once once I uh, you know started, um once I was more public with trying to operate at this intersection, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and kind of getting over my like coming out as a magician sort of thing, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and starting to connect with more communities and more people. It like I'm shocked at how many people like work in tech are software engineers. Like the overlap is is way bigger than i thought it was uh, and it makes perfect sense I, mm-hmm. I i think there's you know the the um you know if you if you're the kind of person who's going to you know sit down at this at this tablet and you know put arcane uh messages into it to make it you know project your image halfway across the world like you're already a magician so there's you know the uh the the the, the yeah it's it's th- there's. A surprising number of people uh, 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 camping out at the intersection of tech oh, yeah. and magic. I mean, it's really it's action wonderful. at
1: a distance. You know, it's what we've always been wanting to do. We can yeah. send secret messages across the world, and <laughs> we don't even need spirits. We just need electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I,
0: no, Infosec is not something that I've ever personally um, like dove into, but I've had also the great privilege of working with um, like really, really amazing people that like worked at NSA and so. Mm-hmm. I was telling you before we started recording the podcast that uh, on uh, this startup that I was involved in called Nebula, which we did um, hardware and software, where we took um, open source software called OpenStack and put it on hardware to make a a cloud that you could put into your office, basically a yeah, private yeah. cloud. Uh, but in in the hardware of this device, um, we actually had a hardware entropy generator, um, which uh, there's like some kind of uh, atomic um, or some kind of uh, radioactive material that's inside there, and then as it's throwing off these isotopes or whatever, they they get uh, uh, counted, and then um, and then entropy is generated from them. And the reason that we wanted to have this hardware chip in there was because you know for doing things like generating. Um, generating certificates uh, or, you know, any anything where you need to have, you know, cryptographically strong numbers, uh, random numbers, um, you want to be able to do that very, very fast. And, mm-hmm. you know, computers, computers are actually not good at generating entropy, as I'm, I'm sure you know. Maybe mm-hmm. listeners may or may not know this, but, you know, computers don't actually really make random numbers. They make pseudo-random numbers. And so this is a way of get, getting, you know, quote-unquote real um, random numbers and also at, at uh, high speed. But the interesting thing about it is that in theory, if you were able to uh, if you were able to crack open one of these chips at some point in the future um, and see the state of and observe the state of the uh, of the breakdown of the material that's in there, you would be able to if you knew a point in time at which it you had you know somebody had used the entropy coming out of it, you oh. would be able to potentially know what it, entropy it actually generated at that point in time. So these chips actually self destruct.
1: Oh my it's impossible.
0: god! Yeah, it's impossible to like if they, if yeah if they uh, if you try to structurally uh, get at them they uh, they basically like internally fuse and you can't. Yeah,
1: oh do man, I love them. that! Yeah, I <laughs> uh, I was telling you before uh, we started recording that I just got a hardware random number generator, um, and it's like a little yeah. USB uh, dongle that you plug into your computer, and yeah, cool. I think it uses. Um, I think it has a, like, a, a radio wave detector, and it just sort of uses, like, random, you know, radiation in the atmosphere to, to generate entropy. Um, yeah. but Yeah, I guess, like, I, I know that there are probably, probably most of the people listening have no idea what we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, audience. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, like, um, basically, that sort of stuff is so important for for. Cryptography for keeping your yeah. data secret and for keeping like your information safe. And, uh, and a lot of that stuff, I mean, a lot of it happens under the hood now, like almost everybody listening to this downloaded the podcast over a secure connection. Yes. So the NSA doesn't actually know you're listening to the Arnomancy podcast. You're you're in luck. As far as we know. As far as we know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe the NSA does. Because nobody the, else yeah. does. Yes. <laughs> we
0: don't know if they have quantum computers that can, like, instantaneously, like, oh, God. you know, decrypt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so then, uh, what about, so on your altar, are there uh, pieces of technology that you use? Like, do you use a lightsaber for a wand or...
0: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) no i don't i don't usually talk too much about the like specific details of my practice uh, Uh but generally speaking like my you know my uh um alters uh because there's more than one (laughs) Uh are uh you know are pretty uh specific to the task that they are uh working towards or that they're you know purposed towards Mm -hmm. uh and then uh you know and then and then are are reclaimed for some other purpose, um, after that. So it's, it's, I don't really have like a, a single, um, alter space anymore. I used to, mm-hmm. I definitely used to, but, uh, these days it's more kind of like, okay, I need to do this now. So, um, and I, it's, it's fun because I've got, you know, some things that are, you know, I've got, I've got a couple of, um, I have these little, like, I don't know, they're like little, uh, kind of crazy shelf units or something, uh-huh. um, that I use, I always use for the directions and I've got them like marked with each, you know, direction on them. Um, and they're like, it's, it's, they're, they're so highly tuned to that job now that, uh, that, you know, it's like as soon as I like pick them up, I can like feel it's like putting them into place is like, uh, you know, uh, um, having like the, 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 the click that a timer makes when it goes down to zero. It's just oh, very yeah. like, yeah. it's like, this is where I go. Thank you for putting me in the correct spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, there's not really, to answer the question, there's not really, uh, um, any, any specific, uh, you know, technology thing that, that, yeah, that, that I use regularly on my altars.
1: hmm Do you think there will be someday? Like, do you have ideas? Yeah, well,
0: the only, <laughs> the only uh, we, we were also, we were talking about this before the record. Uh, the, 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 the one uh, thing that, uh, that had come up relatively recently was the idea of doing a um, geomantic calculator in a physical device right uh right. so yeah so doing something where um you you know you have uh like an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi or something like that inside of a case with um, buttons and uh and and a uh, you know an LEDs for the for the output and anybody who's ever gone to the uh, geomancy like Wikipedia page and seen that beautiful um, um uh, uh, geomancy calculator uh, there's a screenshot of it that's on there um, it's all in Arabic um, and it's just it's absolutely gorgeous it it's' just really amazing. And this is what inspired that was like looking at that and saying like, how would how would you make this, you know in sort of a modern context? So, you know, if I ever actually do that uh, and, and make that as an actual thing um, that would definitely be one of them because then, you know, exactly what I was talking about with Gioratio, like I would probably do the same thing like use it to do a reading and then, you know potentially also use it as kind of a a, 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 a magical act of changing the chart to, right, right. Um,
1: yeah, as yeah. I, I just had an idea. Uh, so you were talking about how your altars are all sort of ephemeral, and you kind of set them up when you need them. Um, yeah. Have you seen those uh, like the 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 D and D players with like the really serious D and D tables, where they have got like a giant monitor set in the table, and the, the their dungeon maps and stuff like show up on the monitor?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I course. could
1: see a, an altar like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like what what was Microsoft's thing? It was like the. I want to say surface but that's not it because that's their laptop there do you know what i'm talking about they had microsoft had this like coffee table
1: no i don't think i saw that it was
0: oh yeah yeah it was it was it was really cool it was like you know i had a giant touch surface this was Mm -hmm. you know this was quite a few years ago so it was kind of cool tech at that point uh but it's basically like a giant tablet with legs um uh and Mm. and you and and they actually had you know like a, a uh, rpg like d and d um set up for it uh, uh you know but yeah but th- that's actually a really really that's a really interesting idea at one point in time i had a altar that i had um used that uh black top or sorry blackboard spray uh-huh. uh on um so that i could actually use chalk to mark on it um and uh and that was that that was actually pretty good that was super handy but then but the idea of being able to um have a digital surface for an altar where you could uh yeah where you could have uh yeah any any kind of like if you wanted to yeah yeah i i mean sigil i'm sigil magic and you and y- you know you wanted to sort of like generate sigils in real time or have an interactive like sigil creation type thing that was a, that that's a that's a cool idea you could use it you, you could like that you could
1: have an inset in it uh you could have like a scrying mirror built into it where it just you just turn off all the pixels and whatever shape you want and have like the sigils for what you're trying to contact like glow and the right planetary colors could get used like you could have all sorts of cool things happen on it. I Yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah, it's I <laughs> one of the things I think about too on these things too. It, like you have to and, and I don't think we actually do like um I think maybe as magicians we don't do this enough. is, is think about, you know, how the artifacts that we have came into our possession. So it's one mm-hmm. thing if you know like you go and you cut a u wand or something like that. but then you know, if you're if you're using a table or one of these shelving units, right? like who made that? Where did that mm-hmm. come from? Where did the material come from? you know, did was that made in a factory where the workers were like how much of the the um because all of these things they pick up, you know the the energy involved in their creation and how they got to you is a part of what they are in the same way that all of that stuff is a part of who we are and you know if you've got a electronic device that was you know made by you know basically slave labor in in uh, uh china and and you know that 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 is a part of that and so like how much of you know like i think mm-hmm. this is something that you would have to you'd have to really um think about and work with and work through um, yeah yeah that's to, a good
1: point yeah especially yeah. since also a lot of electronics use um uh, rare minerals, rare earth minerals that yes. aren't necessarily yeah, yeah. Which, mined in the most uh, responsible way.
0: Yeah, and and even and and also just the metaphysical properties of those materials as well. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. in there as well. Um, yeah. And like, what does that mean for your uh, for the experience of of using it? Um, well, now I I'm having,
1: it, now I'm having second thoughts about my LED candles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think that it's I. I I don't think that this means that you shouldn't do this. I just, right. I think it's something that you have to be aware of and acknowledge and mm-hmm. um, and be able to work with. Um, yeah, and it might just and, take you know, some
1: <clears throat> extra work to like consecrate and cleanse. Yeah,
0: things. or, you know, maybe maybe as an act of like sort of balancing, you know, you figure out some way that you can, um, you know, you can give back to in some way, you know, like that you can mm-hmm. uh, um, um, sort of offset that, that balance, you know, that you can donate some money to you know a charity or like some you know do something that that creates a magical balance um to to help sort of balance that out you know
1: that is a good thought i'm writing it down <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> uh all right that's that's that is some interesting uh thought about uh technology in magic just because yeah it, it does add sort of a whole new material complexity to what you're working with yeah. Um
0: I mean it, I think it's something that's worth thinking about in every context not just for, you know, electronics and technology mm-hmm. and things like that but just even the even the very mundane, you know, things that you're interacting with and experience on a daily basis, you know, uh, everything, all of it, you know, the food that you eat, where you live, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all of those things they are all you know, it it's it's like every moment in time is all of these threads coming together into that exact moment and then spinning back off again and the more that you can uh yeah, the more that, the more that you know and you, and you're thinking about the sources of all of those things, I think is a big part of um acting responsibly as a magician, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I guess that's a good uh, that might be the thought that we end the episode on actually. That was a really good uh way to look at sort of summing everything up. Um <laughs> cool. So uh okay, so you've 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 committed on this podcast to getting um, a version of Urania in front of all of our faces by the end of 2021. So before guess,
0: it's gotta be before uh,
1: <laughs>
0: I will eat a bullet if it's not out this year. I so swear to God. I'm
1: not going to uh, I'm not going to ask what's next for uh, for your projects. Cause we already know you've already told us, <laughs> um, but I think that actually there 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 is some more stuff that we could talk about you know I mean if there are a bunch of software developers and stuff doing this magic stuff we should probably form some sort of consortium where we you know collect tools and create libraries and um you know maybe like some emacs lisp packages and <laughs> stuff like <laughs> yeah, that i am
0: down um, i am 100% down because there's there is a lot of like you know when i when i started gioratio and i reached out to sam uh, about it um he actually sent me a uh, geomancy calculator that he had written which is a which is a terminal program uh-huh. um, uh, uh, you know as a as a you know like hey take a look at this you can see some of the stuff that you know i did in there and he gave me the source code for it um and uh you know there's i think we do you know there's for the people that are that are you know kind of operating at this intersection of technology and magic Mm -hmm. i i think that's a fantastic idea like i don't think there is you know enough that is um uh you know and even if it's just even if it's just uh being able to bounce ideas off of you know Somebody, or to say, like, hey, I'm thinking about this project, and then you know, finding out if there's other people that are interested in it and would like to jump on on board, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm 100 about that.
1: Yeah, I've been. Uh, I mean a lot of the a lot of the software tools that I write for stuff is just like really sloppy code where I'm just sort of like, oh, I need to calculate this, and I'm probably going to need to do it again. <laughs> I'll just shove this script in a directory over here and worry yeah. about it later. <laughs> um, but I've been trying. Like i uh, I recently wrote a calculator that does um, spirit name calculations using one of Agrippa's formulas and I I put it on my website and I released the code but I was thinking Mm -hmm. it would be even better if there was like a library and it's written in JavaScript by the way (laughs) but (laughs) it would be even better though if if we started collecting like libraries of these things like it would be great (laughs) for anybody to just sort of be able to include these sorts of things on their website or yeah so if you're listening to this and you are a software guy, software person, and a uh, practitioner, you should definitely get in touch with us. Yeah. And we build nerd things together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, tell people where they can find you and your your vaporware on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you?
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, my personal blog, or my magic blog, my magic focus blog is uh, Hall of Doors. So it's just hallofdoors.com. Uh, and uh, th- that's there's links there to most of the stuff that I work on. There's like a projects thing there that that um, you can drill in. And then uh, Urania is at urania.app. So it's uh, u-r-a-n-i-a.app. Uh, and that's I do try to keep that updated. Um, I, I just did an update uh, a little bit ago for um, moving one of the big uh things that I was working on into the done column, uh which is great. So I, I do update that on a regular basis for Urania. And then of course GeoRatio, which we talked about, is uh um just G-E-O-R-A-T-I-O uh dot com. Uh and yeah, that's and I think that's probably the you're not gonna share like
1: your GitHub page or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on GitHub <laughs> as
0: Oh No I'm Dead. O H N O I M D E A D. Excellent. Uh yeah, and I, I do contribute a, a fair amount. It's been not as much lately now that I have I'm working a full-time job again. I was consulting for a while, which was, ah, it was so nice. And then I I uh, was rather silly and took a full-time job with a corporation. But uh, So my time is a little bit more limited than it was, but I, I do try to contribute to open source projects. And some of those are, uh, um, you know, you can see my activity on there.
1: Cool. Well, that's excellent. This has been, it's been really fun having you on and I really look forward to uh, seeing the crazy stuff that you come up with next. So, yeah, thank you so
0: much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's it was my pleasure. a fun conversation.
1: Thank you for listening to the Arnomancy podcast. You can find me online at arnomancy.com where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnomancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash